This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Why do people work? You might say to earn money and pay the bills. But a researcher says it goes much deeper than that. We'll bring you the interview. A life of leisure is not a life that most people want, although it seems extremely attractive when the job you go to is a job that you hate. Then, most people want to help others, but often, our decisions are based on emotions rather than what makes a real difference. We'll talk to an expert for the eye-opening story. And that's obviously a shocking fact. And what it means is that what we've got to do is focus our efforts on the very most effective programs that we can. Those two interviews and much more are coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Ask someone why they go to work every day, and they'll probably say to pay the bills. But the real answer to why we work probably goes a lot deeper than that. And here with some eye-opening answers is the author of a book titled Why We Work, Barry Schwartz. He's professor of psychology at Swarthmore College. Professor, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be on. So before we dive into the answers to the question, why we work, tell us what led to your interest in this subject. I'm wondering if there's a story behind it. I've been studying what motivates people for 40 years, and my training was in an approach that basically said it's all about rewards and punishments. And that plugs right into the notion that the reason people go to work is to get paid. You have these instrumental activities that you engage in in order to get something that you want. And that always struck me as wrong. It didn't seem to fit my own sense of why I showed up at work every day. So I've been plagued by this idea that we have a very, very distorted view of what people care about when they work, and we've somehow incorporated that view into the structure of most workplaces. So let's dive into this. What are some of the reasons that we work, aside from the financial reasons that people talk about? People want work that is challenging. They want work where they have some degree of discretion and autonomy. They have control over what they do. They want work where they're respected by the people who supervise them. They want work where they get a chance to learn and develop. And they want work that has meaning, which mostly means work that makes a difference in the lives of other people. Of course, they want to get paid. You know, we need to earn a living. But that's not the only reason. Now, if you take someone who is in, let's say, on an assembly line of a factory, sort of like the old I Love Lucy episode where things come down the belt and they have to plug something into it, and that's all they do all day, does that job still provide what you're talking about? It isn't easy. You could even there get meaning and satisfaction if you really felt an investment in the product that was being produced and pride in the quality of the product. But assembly lines don't have to be organized in that way. You can have people working in teams. You can have people doing a variety of different jobs rather than just one. You know, Japanese car manufacturing taught us, I think, 
that organizing a factory in that way does not hurt productivity at all, and it dramatically enhances quality. We're talking on InfoTrack with Professor Barry Schwartz, author of Why We Work, and we're talking about the reasons that people go to work every day. Now, you mentioned teams on assembly lines. How important is the social aspect of work? I think it's often quite important. There are people who sort of like to work in isolation, they like to be siloed, but I think people enjoy the social interaction and people learn from one another and you get respect from your coworkers in the same way you get respect from your managers. I think it's an important potential contributor to workplace satisfaction, although that too has largely been excluded from most people's workplaces. I guess you could say there's an element of social interaction with working on the Internet and working, you know, through technology with distant people. Yeah, but that, too, is a stretch. This is not my generation. For me, uh, clicking and typing is not a substitute for talking, but young people may find that it, it does the job, that that really is a social medium. But even if that's not the case, if you're working on the Internet, you're doing something that will have an impact on the lives of the people you're interacting with. And it's not hard to imagine that how you do your work will make a difference in whether somebody has a good day or a bad one. What benefits do we get from knowing the reasons that people work? Potentially, the benefits are huge, because if you restructured the workplace so that people could get some of the satisfaction out of work that I talk about and write about, not only would you make it so that half of our waking lives, instead of being drudgery, is a source of satisfaction, but the evidence is you'd also make your workplace more productive. It would actually contribute to the bottom line rather than taking it away. It's not an act of charity on the part of managers to create workplaces where people want to be. It serves their interests just as it serves their employees' interests. How did you go about doing this research? Well... For the most part, what I did was read work that other people have done, people who are experts in management and have studied systematically different kinds of workplace organization across many, many industries. And all I did was put that stuff together in, I hope, a very digestible form in quite a short book, and then try to explain why it is in the face of all this evidence that happy workplaces are successful workplaces, that we've managed to create miserable workplaces all over the place. I recently saw a statistic that something like 90 million Americans are not in the workforce at present. What are they lacking in the fact that they're unable to work, that work is not a part of their lives at present? Oh, they're lacking a huge amount. You know, I think people are basically built to work. They're built to do something productive with their time. And the idea that you sometimes see that, it's, for example, extending unemployment benefits is a bad idea because it will discourage people from looking for work is preposterous. Nobody wants to sit at home watching television and doing nothing. So it's very, very hard to look at yourself in the mirror and like what you see if you're not engaged in productive work. And it's just criminal that there are so many people who can't find any work, let alone good work. If you're a parent with young kids and you want to encourage them or maybe inspire them to a great career, what type of things would you suggest saying to those kids? I think that what you say is a lot less important than what you do. 95% of what kids learn from their parents, they learn by watching their parents. 
So if you demonstrate the engagement you have with your work and the satisfaction you get from the work and the extent to which you care about doing the work well, I think that will communicate that kind of an attitude to your kids. And then when they figure out what their passion is, they'll pursue that passion with the kind of attitude that you've modeled. So you really have to be an example rather than talking a good game. That's a good point. I've heard other adults talk about when they were kids, perhaps their father would come home looking completely exhausted and throw his briefcase in the corner and complain about his job. It did not make them feel very good about going to work one day. Exactly. It creates the attitude that work is something you just have to do to pay the bills. It's not something you should look forward to doing. When our kids were growing up, my wife and I were in similar fields, and we would often, at the dinner table, talk about things we had done during the day, ideas that had come up that had intrigued us. So they sort of got it far too much from their point of view, an example of what it's like to be engaged with your work. That's not why we did it. We did it because we were really interested. But I think it sort of developed a model for them of what to aspire to when they became adults. Our guest is Professor Barry Schwartz from Swarthmore College, and we're talking about Why We Work, which is the title of his book, which incidentally is a TED original, and this is based on a TED talk that Professor Schwartz gave. I'm just curious if you have a suggestion for the best retirement age for someone who enjoys work but also looks forward to retiring. I don't. I think most people retire too soon, and particularly this is true when they don't sort of have a plan about what they're going to do after they retire. I think that even when you retire, your aim should be finding some way to continue to be productive in the world, even if that means offering your services as a volunteer, you know, in a serious way to organizations that need volunteers. A life of leisure is not a life that most people want, although it seems extremely attractive when the job you go to is a job that you hate. Talk for a moment about how the role of women has changed, especially how we view stay-at-home moms. You know, we did women a disservice as opportunities opened up in the workforce for women, which is a good thing, we simultaneously sort of disparaged the kind of work that it takes to manage a household and raise a family. You know, I think that's about the hardest job there is. But, you know, women started thinking there was something wrong with them. What they wanted to do was be successful parents and spouses. Well, the book is Why We Work by Barry Schwartz. Professor, thank you so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Sure. Next, helping charities is great, but are your donations going down the drain? That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 